Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another all-new episode of the Full Court Press Podcast. This is episode three of the new season. Yes, yes, yes. I know we missed last week, but, you know, sometimes there are scheduling conflicts. However, 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 we are excited to be back here today. Unfortunately, there is a lot to talk about, some serious, serious stuff. So, We'll definitely talk hoops like the game, but we do have to uh, discuss some some drama, some uh, scandals. Jabari, Sean, how are you guys? Good, man. Can't complain. W, W. That being said, let's just get right into it. So, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, our listeners, our patrons, our supporters, recent news, we have had... Kyrie Irving, former NBA Finals champion, Duke standout, former Cleveland Cavalier, current Brooklyn Net, has been suspended for five games. At the time of this recording, he's already served two of the five-game suspension. Whether he will be back in the next three games is actually up in the air given recent developments. But for those who don't know, Kyrie Irving posted on his Instagram accounts the cover photo for a Amazon Prime movie called Hebrew to Negroes, a documentary, allegedly, that came out in 2018, that is about Black Hebrew Israelites and their plights. Kyrie just posted a picture, didn't say anything, didn't say a caption. It was met with fierce, fierce backlash. Honestly, and in my honest opinion, to be transparent, which all of you, I have never really seen such strong backlash against a player in this generation for words that were not said. Kyrie Irving issued an apology after the fact, donated $500,000 to the Anti-Defamation League and was turned down. And his apology has been met with very, very mixed reviews. The Nets and Joe Sy have issued a six, a list of six demands for Kyrie, one of which does include making a $500,000 donation, again, another one that does include him meeting with uh, members of the Jewish community and having discourse with them, a sincere apology amongst others. Now, Kyrie Irving is being accused of spreading, pushing anti-Semitic hate. I will be honest with you, I have not heard about this movie until now. I actually have no desire to watch this movie because Amazon is charging $50 just to watch it, uh, about $14 just to rent it, and it's it's not that serious for me to want to invest money into a movie that no one has heard about until now and no one seems to have watched the price is ridiculous <laughs> yeah you know as far as i know everything has been um just he said she said but I, I don't know anybody who's actually watched the film all i know is people saying what they've heard from others i'll also be honest and say that this situation has kind of bothered my spirit because of the severity against Kyrie, and I really wanted to take this time today to discuss with my brothers here really what was going on and maybe come to an understanding, come to a, a, 
place of understanding of what is really going on. So with that being said, we will start the discourse and Sean, you can start us off. So yeah, like like you said, man, it's it's wild. Um what I actually been saying for a while, and it's crazy because this guy actually just recently came out and said as well, I don't know if the name uh was it Mohammed Adu Rauf. Hopefully I'm saying his name correctly. Um I remember him as a player though, but he's basically blackballed out the league. And he and and the crazy part is I was saying, like, you know, I feel like that's basically what happened to him, they're doing to Kyrie. I'm like, he he's Kyrie is the modern day uh Abdul Rauf, right? And so he actually posted on Instagram just recently talking about how they're trying to blackball Kyrie and you know, we should be supporting him and um how they're trying to get him out the league and things like that. And it's crazy because that's how I feel as well. They're trying to it's one of those things, right, with the NBA. If you and this is not even just from Obviously, Rauf, it, you can literally Google, you can research. He, he talks about it still to this day on YouTube, on podcasts, but not even just him, but people that I know that's been around the league. At times, if you don't do what is supposed to be, quote unquote, basically, if you don't stay in line with certain things, right, there's going to be an issue. Kyrie, in my opinion, you know, was, I guess, wrong for posting it. But at the same time, you know, I feel like reporters could have easily been asking him, hey, what did you mean when you posted that? Right. Did you get something from it? Did you know that film was about X, Y, and Z? Um, but instead it was like, you know, all of a sudden they just assumed that he hate like the Jewish community. And it was just crazy to me how like literally it was just all people just assuming and he just became this villain. And so I've been feeling like for a while it's been something where they've been trying to paint him as a villain. Um, since the bubble, to be honest. Um, but he, he's it, like just the list. Cause a lot of times people just, oh, you know, screw Kyrie. He's a terrible person. This and this, just so people know, again, I don't know none of these people. None of us do, but just so you could get an idea of what type of person Kyrie is, right? Obviously Kyrie seems like the type of person that is discovering himself. That's on this journey of really just finding out his roots and his upbringing and who he truly is and what really makes him happy, which is understandable, right? There's, people that are 50, 60 years old that still don't really have a clue who they are. Um, but he's the type of person that actually what donated 323000 to Feeding America. He partnered up with City Harvest to make sure, uh, was it, 250 mils was given to New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. Um, he gave $1.5 to the WNBA. Buy the house for the family, for the George Floyd family, right? So... I just want to put into perspective, like, this guy at least looks like a person that's really trying to help people, really wants to, you know, uh, um, give back. He even said when they interviewed him, which wasn't really played, where he said, you know, I respect all cultures, right? I respect everyone. I I have love for everyone, right? Um, Now they were mad because he didn't apologize. And, And remember this, too. Remember, he said which I was agreeing with. I remember I was one of the few that was like, hey, I agree with Kyrie during this time. But he was saying during the bubble when they were pushing it, he said, hey, you know what? Let's worry about our community. Like, let's give back. Forget the bubble, right? Like, at the end of the day, we can start our own league, which I completely agree, right? But instead, that didn't happen. And for me, it really irritated me because I remember at the time, 
you know, NBA player, especially Brown, was, you know, Black Lives Matter, this and this and this. We got to do a change. We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to do this. And then I remember Kyrie made his statement, and LeBron said nothing. Like, I was waiting. I remember I was looking on Twitter. I was just waiting. Like, okay, he's going to probably say something because if, if Brown's behind it, there's going to be some real movement, right? But nothing happened. And instead, actually, I remember Stephen A. Smith getting on Kyrie talking about, you know, oh, it's easy for you to say that because at the end of the day, you know, you're not playing anyways. You never want to play, right? Instead of really understanding, like, wait, hold on. He's talking about this is a, a, a dominantly black league, right? And with the resources and the connections, Jay-Z and everyone else that they know, why could you not start a league? You know, even if it was just for that moment, like, hey, you know what, no, that's how much we, like, to me, it was corny seeing that Black Lives Matter on the court and him talking about it for five minutes. And then we would forget about it. Why? Because the game was playing, right? And so um, it was just things like that where I feel like Kyrie, is, his heart's in the right place. Does he not necessarily express himself the best at times? Yes, absolutely. He could do better with that. And even if you want to suspend him for five games, okay, it is what it is. But all this extra stuff that they added on there, to me, tells me they're trying their best to get Kyrie to retire. Like, it's like to the point where they're trying to make an example um, – well, they're not even trying. They are using him as an example. And it's to the point to me where it's almost where they're trying to, to embarrass him, you know. And so if he retired, I'm all for it because at the end of the day, you know, if you really truly believe in something, um, not that he believed in that, like not, not the documentary, but he believes in his heart. You know, he's a good person. He believes that, hey, I and he even did. Matter of fact, let me rewind this. He actually did finally apologize, right? Like the people wanted, they didn't want his money. <laughs> they said, no, we don't want your $500,000. No, we don't want that. And then Nike banned him or banned his, his endorsement or whatever it was, suspended. Sorry, suspended it. Yeah, they suspended his the partnership and they will not be releasing the Kyrie 8s. This is after an apology, <laughs> right? Like literally right after. So you did what, what they wanted you to do. And then they said, oh, no, that's not enough. You got to miss five games. Oh, no. Then we're about to add all these extra things that you need to do on top of that. Like you need to, you know, meet with some some leaders, which is fine. Okay, you want them to get educated on it? Fine. But no, you need to apologize on the movie, which he did. You need to find another cause to to donate to. You need to have a sensitive training, right? And then you need to explain to the to the owner what you learned. Like, so, yeah. For all those who are listening, I'll list out the list of demands um, so it's clear for everyone to know what Sean and us are all talking about. So first and foremost, he must meet with the media and issue a verbal apology that clearly states he's sorry for sharing the film and understands the film is harmful and untrue. Then he must also share an apology on his social media accounts, which he did after he got suspended. But furthermore, he must then follow and complete sensitivity trainings determined by the team while also meeting with Jewish leaders in the Brooklyn community. And then, if all those other requirements are met to the net satisfaction, he must then meet with ownership, which includes Joe Sai, and demonstrate this type of behavior will not occur again this season. I don't know if y'all ever played 2K, but it's like that. Like when you got to do all these side missions. Yeah. That's literally what this is. Hey, accomplish this. Accomplish. Like, come on, man. We don't, when when other players do things, it, it, it's, it, I, 
yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to to say certain things, but it's just ridiculous to me the fact that they're doing this to him. For again, he apologized to spend him, buying him, but all this extra stuff to make him to paint this picture as he's like this terrible person in the in the media, especially the black community. That's what drives me crazy. Shaq, um, uh, Stephen A. Smith, Charles Barkley, like, come on, man. Like, instead of instead of trying to, oh man, yeah, you know, this idiot, right? This, this, all they're like they're calling all, him all these names, they're saying all these things he's doing wrong. They're saying this is why we don't need people like that. LeBron, another one. I was very disappointed in LeBron. Like LeBron could have easily said, you know what? And this is the crazy part too. They're only asking black players. Right, for the most part. Right? They're asking black players and it's not even in their locker room. So why are you asking me something that has nothing to do with me? Like I loved Booker's response where Booker was basically saying, like, I haven't paid attention to it to be honest. Like I really have no clue. Like pretty much, you know, like, hey, don't involve me in this. This has nothing to do with me. And that's what I wish LeBron did. Or even LeBron saying, Hey, you know what? Yeah, there there's no place for that. But I do know Kyrie and you know, I haven't got to speak to him, but you know, I know I know he has a he has a good heart, you know. It's just something that he made a mistake with, um, you know. And hopefully, you know, can move forward from it. Something like that, you know. But to actually make it seem like, I don't know. I just didn't like. I don't even remember the statement. Maybe you could find it, a. But basically, you know, where he just made it seem like he was distancing, distancing himself from uh, Kyrie yeah. and making it seem like, you know, Kyrie was just like this terrible guy. And so that really bothered. And again, LeBron is great. He does a lot of amazing things, um, and I'm just nitpicking because obviously we know LeBron hasn't did much of anything negative. I'm just saying, especially for him where, you know, I've heard people call him modern-day Ali, all this other stuff, right? Like, I was just expecting him to be more supportive and the black media in general to be more supportive, be like, man, you know what? I am disappointed, Kyrie, but I'm going to reach out. I haven't heard no one say they're going to reach out and talk to him and, and find out his story, find out what he was thinking, because what did he just posted? And it was just like, man, it was just very interesting to me. And you know what? And he did say that in apology. Like, there were some things I agree with, some things I didn't agree with, you know. Um, but no one actually reached out to talk to him. They right. just all just had their own – they just all made their own opinions. And so that really bothered me. Um, so to uh, follow up on what Sean had said when it came to LeBron's uh, own thoughts, LeBron in the interview said, I believe that what Kyrie did caused some harm to a lot of people. And he has since over the last, I think it was today or yesterday, he apologized, but he caused some harm. And I think it's unfortunate. He would further continue to say, but I don't stand on the position to harm people when it comes to your voice or your platform or anything. So it doesn't matter what color your skin is, how tall you are, what position you're in. If you are promoting or soliciting or saying harmful things to any community that harms people, then I don't respect it. I don't condone it. One thing's for sure, um, I'll say this, and then there was uh, another player actually had some some thoughts on the matter. Posting, they always say a picture is worth a thousand words. You know, a picture is worth a thousand words. As celebrities, as people with huge followings there is a certain standard that you're supposed to uphold that you're supposed to represent 
because whether you like it or not, and we've had so many conversations about this throughout our lives when it comes to athletes being role models, whether he wants to or not, there is a certain standard he must adhere to. He is a role model. He does have influence. He does have power. And so I will say this. I believe that he should have been more aware of what he was posting. He should have been, and and I think he low-key was at least ready to face the consequences because keep in mind, when this was posted, uh, Joe Sy had apparently reached out to him and Kyrie didn't respond to him for a week. You know, there was a week of silence from Kyrie. So it wasn't like, oh, he posted it and then boom, all of a sudden the next day the he was suspended and all that stuff. No, there was some time and there was some time of silence. So, Bari, I would like to know, especially you being a Nets fan, what your thoughts are on this and how you perceive Kyrie's role. You know, do you do you feel he should have been more cognizant of what he was posting? He should have been more aware that it could have been received the wrong way. Because let's keep in mind, everybody, Kyrie is no perfect person. Kyrie has been kind of, you know, public enemy number one the last few years um, in sports fans' eyes. And that can go from the pettiness of him shading LeBron and wanting to leave Cleveland. So we can go back so many years to then to the next biggest thing being the anti-vax stance he took last year, which led to him playing only about half the season, if that. So Kyrie has been involved in mess constantly. And it seems that like, you know, like you said, Sean, he's, he's the villain at the moment. So Bari, what are your thoughts on the situation? Real quick, Jabari, can I ask you a question too? As you answer that, mm-hmm. uh, my question is, uh, you can fit in however way you want. My question to you is, if I, I'm not, let's say I was a celebrity, right? If I posted a gangster documentary about gangs and, and literally that's what it's talking about. Like it's, it's, it's talking about like it almost in a way, I guess if you were younger, it might kind of glorify it. But I just post it. Would you assume that I'm a gang member or would you assume that I'm pro gang? Or would you more so just be like, okay, posted that. All right, let me see what that's about. And then let's say you see it and you're like, okay, now I kind of have questions about it. Like, okay, did Sean, why were you watching? Was you watching because you have family members as gang members? Or, you know, you uh, used to be in the gang? Or what's the reason? I'm just curious on that. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd inquire as to why, you know, what are, you know, what are we looking for in this? If you post like a, a movie on gang members or something, I want to see like, what was the purpose of it? But I, under no circumstances, just assume that because you shared that with me or with anyone else that you're a gang member because of that. Um, and that that goes into my way of thinking pretty much with with the Kyrie situation. Um, it, it's it's a a comment I saw on Twitter earlier that I like heavily agree with of the Kyrie situation, and it comes from. Uh, one of the post-game interviews that he had recently before the suspension, of course. Um, Let's see, let's go into this. So a reporter asked him, are you surprised that you hurt people? And Kyrie's reply was, yeah, I think I can ask a better question. 
were you where were you when I was a kid finding out that 300 million of my ancestors were buried in America? And then later on in that interview, he said, I'm not here to compare anyone's atrocities. And I, I bring up that quote to say that the reason Kyrie even stumbled across this documentary is because he has to to look for his history. We have a lot of stolen and lost history. Um, as you may know, he's an African American, but he's also um he also has roots to to the indigenous people of of this land, to the native Indians. So there's a lot of lost history and a lot of just just mixed up roots and like I said, stolen history that he has to look into different sources and 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 where it may be a documentary, books, whatever it case, to find little bits of truth. And and he's acknowledged that much, just saying that, you know, he's looking for more truth to 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 his people, to to where they come from. And in in looking for that, he he found a documentary that had both truths and and mistruths and and information that was that could be sorry hurtful to uh to the Jewish community. Um with all that being said though, I there's no way I can say Kyrie as a result of sharing um just the title or just the front cover of the movie. No way I can say he's anti-Semitic or that he condones anti-Semitic values or that he even dislikes or hates um people of Jewish descent or Jewish people. Um, I think that's irrational. It's 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 climbing to a conclusion that you don't really have to get there. You know, you can have conversation with him to see for yourself that he hates no people. There isn't a group of people that that he dislikes. Um, so just just for him to be labeled that bothers me. Um, and I do understand, like I said, I do understand that a certain group of people are hurt by um certain things that are in the documentary like the denial of the holocaust and you know other things like that Kyrie didn't make this documentary it's just something that he stumbled across however much years eight nine years after it was produced um I do think to to go back to Abe's question I do think that he should have been more aware or maybe have went through the entire document documentary more before sharing it but even if he did so and decided to share it anyway. I still don't think that it's fair to throw the uh, anti-Semitic label on him just, you know, just from that, you know, without a history of showing anti-Semitic values or or having any statements to 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 further back up, you know, that status. Well, Sean Anne brought up a lot of contributions that that Kyrie's made over the years, and he's always been a, a charitable person. Um, so I'm not going to go through that, but. A lot of the criticisms before this on Kyrie was that he needs to just focus on basketball. He needs to 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 focus on the next season, and and that's why the Nets are never able to accomplish anything because of the Kyrie circus. They like to say. Um, before the situation, Kyrie was averaging twenty seven points, five assists, five rebounds on forty five percent shooting, and I, I wouldn't say was one of the problems in of the Nets. We were, I think, two and six before that situation happened. So both him and Katie have been balling out this year. Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a iffy situation. He plays for a city that has a, a, a big Jewish population. Um, there isn't, you know, Jewish people obviously are still a minority in America and they don't have, um, they don't occupy a lot of 
cities, a lot of major cities. And New York is definitely one that they do occupy. So it's an iffy situation. Um, but I do think it's something that should be able to be rectified. It's just it's just seeming like they want to scapegoat Kyrie and, and make him out to be something that he isn't or make him out, make the situation out to be more than what it is. Um, with the commentary on it, with with some of the analysts that are speaking on it that already, you know, didn't like Kyrie for this reason or that reason, it just seems a little bit extra. And and uh, our owner, Joe Sy, ha- hasn't made it easier at all. I can understand him being um, I can understand him being disturbed by the situation. But to, to that list that Abe went over that I'll quickly just just repeat in a 500K donation, that's something that Kyrie already offered that was declined sensitivity training okay i can understand that one anti-semitic training is i mean that should fall into if you're meeting with the ado and jewish leaders obviously they're going to be telling you okay this isn't true that isn't true this is why this hurt us so i don't think that all of these things needed to be listed out as if he's some sort of child and then the last point may be the most disrespectful of them all which is to meet with josiah and, and demonstrate understanding josiah isn't Kyrie Irving's father. Um, he isn't a figure that he should look up to. He's just the owner of the, sorry, the majority owner of the team. And if we're going to look at him on a... Well, well, no, the, we have to use the correct, the political correct term of governor. He's the team governor. Right. So <laughs> he's the majority governor of the team, right? And if we're going to expect Kyrie to demonstrate his level of understanding to this person i think this person would need to have a at least a record that that shows that you know he's someone that Kyrie should come to and speak to and, and seek advice from and josiah isn't he doesn't come from exactly a a clean resume of of these issues um so going back to the documentary it was shown on amazon uh, a partner of the NBA, but I won't get into that. But in Josiah's native country of China, he he runs Alibaba, which is why he's one of the richest owners in the league. It's because of his success with Alibaba. And for those unfamiliar, Alibaba is pretty much the the Amazon of of China. Um, if you if you look into it, you'll see that it's the biggest operating network that operates pretty much like Amazon in China. And funds from Alibaba were used to to fund um pretty much camps and the extermination of Uyghur Muslims in China. Um and this has been going on for for years, the last couple of years. And this is an issue that is, is still not resolved. It's still going on to this day. So I find it kind of hypocritical for him to have such a, a strong stance on this, on a person that just shared a documentary that that that's literally caused no physical harm to anyone when when you have this under your belt so it's an annoying situation you know the the like i said the nets were already before the situation two and six um after the Kyrie suspension they've won the last two games but it's not nothing that's sustainable katie's pretty much playing with you know a lot of role players and and they're willing they're willing wins through but this isn't something that's conductive to to winning it isn't conductive to to Kyrie becoming a better person if you feel like he isn't a good person um I think that they're they're speaking down on him too much and like Sean and 
and Abe and others have mentioned, if he were to feel like he doesn't want to be a part of this sport or a part of this culture um, as a result of this, I wouldn't blame him. You know, I wouldn't blame him at all. So that's my opinion on, on, on the Kyrie situation, just to, you know, not to speak about too much of the rest of the Nets team, but on that situation, it's we're yet to be seen what he'll do as far as the steps. Um, he's issued a, a second apology after the the non-apology that 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 people you know people were offended with. He's issued a, a apology shortly after the Nets suspended him. So um, it's just at this point, it's just a matter of time to see if just him being a part of this organization is redeemable if they can get on better terms if he can you know <laughs> like it, it, it's a, it's an iffy situation because a lot of this doesn't feel like they want him to to get back on better terms it feels like they're just making it harder and harder um on him to to get back to just doing what he wants to do which is playing basketball so it's a it's a difficult situation to talk about um but I definitely could say without a shadow of a doubt that Kyrie Irving is not anti-Semitic. And though we we have this view on this podcast, um, please don't lump us into lump us into any um way of thinking because we don't condone any anti-Semitic thinking either. So, no, I, I absolutely not. I was gonna say that too. Like you know, to anyone that was offended, obviously, you know, definitely, I, I would obviously, I would honestly encourage. Anyone that was really offended, moved by it, upset, once Kyrie gone, I would say, please put that same energy when it comes to Amazon, who's actually making money off of this film, who's, I think, prices have jumped up ridiculously since the film. Kyrie tweeted it, then deleted it, but yet this documentary's still been getting talked about crazy because of the media constantly bringing it up, which has actually made more people want to check it out. So, you know, you do have a voice, obviously. The voice is strong, which has gotten Kyrie, you know, suspended and fined, which is, you know, again, especially if you've been offended, I definitely, you know, I hope that helps some. But to make the even a bigger impact, I say, say something about Amazon, right? Like, I I know you enjoy watching your, your, your whatever, your football, being able to watch certain films on it, cool. But use that same impact, use that same power to get that film uh, removed from there because it's been on there for a while actually i think Shaq, i think someone said that too like Shaq actually um sh- or had it or or like had it in his theater or something like that like a few years ago um i just found that out which is crazy yeah, so, a theater that Shaq owns um in, in my played. hometown in newark yeah. <laughs> on springfield ave on the corner of springfield and bergen is the city plex that the theater that Shaq owns apparently this movie did uh, have a showing there a few years back. The movie dropped in 2018. Funny enough, Jabari and Sean, uh, yesterday I was talking to a friend about the Kyrie situation. And so I looked up the title of the movie because I was just like, yo, I don't even know what the title of the movie is. And to be honest, I still don't even remember the title of the movie. But what I do remember is that when I looked it up, it had almost 1.5 thousand reviews and an average rating of four and a half stars on Amazon. Jeez. Now, what that what that tells me is that mo- y'all motherfuckers trolling because, <laughs> because I know that had to be recent. I know that had to be recent. I know people are just out there uh, doing whatever and just giving it ratings. But 
and speaking speaking of recency though something that i did forget to mention um most a lot of this Kyrie's situation that's going on and all of the outrage is 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 literally people being a victim of recency with the Kanye West situation um that is true the Kanye West situation did precede this by legit matter of hours or days right but i before we get off this topic i do want to give um some other information to CJ McCollum guard of the uh, New Orleans Pelicans, as well as president of the National Basketball Players Association, has given his own thoughts about the about the situation. And his first public statements on Kyrie Irving, and this was said on Saturday night following the Pelicans' loss to the Atlanta Hawks, he said, I think the important part was he did apologize. He's displayed empathy now i think this is a learning experience in which i don't think he understood the magnitude of the movie because he didn't watch it and some that's something that we actually didn't mention before a lot of us actually do believe he did not watch this film right a lot of us believe he just posted the pic because he probably liked the title and he liked the 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 image the movie but he just, actually didn't see it at the time the, the documentary movie whatever you want to refer to it just has certain things in it that aligns with his belief system so it's definitely something that would come across him whether he watches it or not it's i can definitely see that title coming across you know just based off of you know how search algorithms are and and the yeah. things that he's into it'll definitely come up um on his searches so he maybe he's done a little bit of information into it afterwards but he definitely did because in his apology he said that there were things in it that he did agree and that he didn't agree with so we it, it's probably likely that when he started receiving backlash he actually watched the movie but at least cj mccullum has come sort of to his defense you know he said it's safe to say that we know that Kyrie and all of us me specifically i can speak for myself specifically condemn anti-semitism in any form I am specifically against it. I specifically believe in promoting quality, diversity of inclusion. All in all, um, McCollum also said, I had conversations behind the scenes similar to what I'm having now. I'm speaking to the league. I'm speaking to people in positions in power. I'm speaking to people with a Jewish background and gain more information, more knowledge personally. This is an ongoing situation. So I don't feel comfortable speaking to certain things yet as I didn't feel comfortable to certain uh, speaking to certain things regarding Sarver, which who was the former owner, former governor of the Phoenix Suns. If you gentlemen remember that situation mm -hmm. that happened last year, uh, because I was still gathering information and they were still deliberating on what decisions to be made. I can't speak to players' reactions and what players are doing in their spare time, however. The important thing to learn about this situation is you have a platform. You have to be careful with how you use it. You have to vet everything you post. I think this is a situation we can all use as a learning experience for all of us as players. You have to be careful with what you're posting. And to be honest, I, I wholeheartedly agree with CJ's stance. And in that regard, I do agree. You have to be careful with what you're posting, especially when you already have a target on your back. And Kyrie should know this. I've always said, um, I've said this before on the OSNA podcast, and I've said this on earlier episodes of Full Court Press, Kyrie Irving is too smart for his own good, in a sense that I do believe he's an intelligent man, but sometimes he doesn't know how best to articulate himself. 
And as a result, it's very, very easy for the media to to pick and choose what he says and to take and rip him apart for it, which we have often seen, not only with him, but with many, many athletes. So CJ McCollum has, to an extent, come to his defense, at least vouch for Kyrie in that one sentence where he says he, he knows that Kyrie isn't anti-Semitic, um, but he does understand that it was harmful. Another player to speak on the matter is actually the only, as far as the league knows, apparently the only Jewish player in the league, which is Denny Avdija. I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing that name wrong, but he plays for the Washington Wizards. But... Hey, real quick, too. There was actually a couple players. Like, you could tell they backtracked um, that I saw Kuzma. I yeah, saw, Kuzma did too. Um, LaMelo, like. They said stuff, but they were starting to get backlash, so they kind of like <laughs> they kind of try to you know uh, <laughs> backpedal some. But you could tell because you guys made a good point actually, which I didn't even think about. Like you know, there's a chance that you know he didn't even watch the film, the the algorithm and things like that. Like right, so now I'm even thinking like, dang, what if he literally came across it? And again, you know, he's on this this uh, spiritual journey, really discovering himself. And he's like, man, this was like a, a dope documentary. Like, just the title. I'm going to share it just for others to check it out, too, right? Just a harmless get shared, not realizing. And then, obviously, reading, like, probably, you know, some of the description, whatever, and not thinking nothing of it. Like, oh, yeah, hey, I just found this. Didn't know, like, oh, you know, you're talking about, you know, it's talking about, like, you know, this and that, and, and it's hurtful to the, to this community. Um, So, like you said, though, he has to definitely be mindful for it, but it just definitely sucks because, in my personal opinion, there's certain communities that are stronger than others. And um, especially in the black community, when we do something a lot of times, it's, let's be honest, it's just a bigger thing, right, unfortunately. Um, then not saying it's not a big deal, but it, it's a lot of times I've seen, and history has shown us that, where, you know, so like, for example, Tiger Woods, right? Tiger Woods cheated not the first person to cheat right and all of a sudden they did their best to try to ruin this man's career and then you know after making him go through all that extra stuff then they're like oh yeah we're rooting for tiger now it was like well at the end of the day like all he did was cheat that really has nothing to do with you at all right so it's just different things like that man that that kind of um irks me but definitely you know Kyrie definitely has to be just more mindful unfortunately just because he does have that target on his back. Yeah. Absolutely. You were saying you were saying Denny's comments, Abe? Yeah. So Denny uh Abdija, again, I do apologize if I'm saying his last name wrong. I know I'm saying his last name wrong. <laughs> he uh is the lone Jewish player in the league and he had something to say. This is following uh the suspension of Kyrie. So when Kyrie was issued a five day suspension, he spoke out. He said and this is quoted in a Fox News article, which is actually a terrible uh, source because we all know how Fox News gets, but we're not going to get into that politics. Irving is a role model. He's a great player. I think he made a mistake, but you need to understand that he gives an example to people. People look up to him, he said via the New York Post. You can think whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. I don't think it's right to go out in public and publish it and let little kids that follow you see it and the generation to come after to think to think like that. 
because it's not true. And I don't think it's fair. Hopefully he's sorry for what he said. I think there needs to be consequences for the actions that a player does. I don't know the punishment that the league gives, but I think that needs to be known that there's no room for words like that. I want to comment. I want to comment on Denny's comment. And this is something that I've seen on Twitter. I've seen it in our our sports group um, and saw on Facebook. And it's that like the part of Denny's statement that said there's no room for words like that. Kyrie didn't say anything. Um, this is how I know that people are more interested in being outraged than they are in what what exactly are they outraged over. Um, Kyrie didn't say anything. So for the people saying that there's repercussions to his words, there's repercussions to to him saying anti-Semitic things, he he hasn't said an anti-Semitic statement. He hasn't said it verbally. He hasn't typed anything anti-Semitic. So, um. To the rest of Denny's statement, I mean, to the rest of his, you know, the question he was asked, I understand he's he's the on, only um, Jewish player in the NBA currently. And it's a tough position to be in, you know. And like, like I said, the beginning of his, his statement, I agree with with um, you got to be careful what you put on your your platform. And you also have to think about the kids that follow, not just the people in the present. So like I, I, I do get where he's coming from and maybe some of the hurt, but people need to double down on if you're gonna be mad at Kyrie or if you're gonna be outraged, do the research, do the due diligence and see what did he say, what exactly are you mad about instead of just being mad because someone else told you you should be mad. Or you're Jewish, you should be mad. That's 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 the feeling that I get from this. Um if you do the due diligence and you do the research and you're still you still feel outraged and you have that right. And that that's completely fine. But um, it just, like I said, it just reeks of, they, they try to find them and ask them this question as soon as possible to see what the, the one Jewish player in the NBA of 300 something players um, says and how he feels. Cause they know that obviously he's going to have a, a, a polar opposite out view than, than, than the out views that Kyrie's put out there. So. Completely, completely understand. So, again, ladies and gentlemen, for the most part, we'll conclude the Kyrie discussion um, so we can get back to talking hoops and whatnot. However, like Sean mentioned, like Jabari mentioned, we here do not believe in in, in any anti-Semitic speech. You know, we do not believe in hatred against the Jewish community. We do not believe in hatred against the Asian community. We do not believe in hate, hatred against our own community, the black community. We believe in equality. We believe in in just fairness to all. This situation is ongoing, and it will definitely not be the last time we speak on it. We'll probably have more updates by the time the next episode comes out, uh, especially, especially since by that time the five-game suspension will be already resolved so it'll come down to the list of demands and how things there go but while we leave the Kyrie situation alone for now we still have to stay on the nets because the nets are just the soap opera (laughs) of the nba over the last two years i mean at this point days of our lives the young and the restless general hospital they they they're probably taking notes on how to make 
a proper how to properly implement sports into uh, your your weekday afternoon soap opera lineup and that is the recent mutual parting of ways between coach Steve Nash and the Brooklyn Nets which actually preceded the Kyrie the Kyrie situation for those who would like the timeline Jack Vaughn is the interim coach and there is strong belief that Celtics suspended coach Ime Udoka will be taking will be returning back to Brooklyn to take over as head coach. <laughs> Bari <laughs> Bari, I know I know that, you know, while the carry situation is an unfortunate uh distraction for the team, especially given the recent struggles of the team and the consistent contributions that Kyrie and KD have given they've been the bright spots when on the court um you have been very 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 adamant very vocal about the need to fire steve nash so when this news came out well i know me and sean immediately went to the gc it was like hey yo uh bari hey, your your wishes have been granted because mm -hmm. sean remember this episode ladies and gentlemen was actually supposed to be a rant episode episode three was supposed to be a rant episode where Bari was going to rant about his Brooklyn Nets and their lack of winning. And while uh, Sean wasn't going to rant on the Clippers, he at that time had decided that he would not entertain any Clippers conversation until they won two games in a row. Fortunately for him, they have won two games in a row. They've actually seemed to start to figure it out a little bit. But Bari, Steve Nash is gone. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so, you know, I don't even, I'm still happy about that. That's like the only thing Brooklyn Nets related that I can smile about. On November 1st, um, after a win, actually, second win of the season, they fired Steve Nash, finally, um, which in place put one of our assistants, our lead assistant, Jack Vaughn, into the interim coach spot. Um, there's a lot of, rumors and all that about Emi Udoka, um, that, that's to be seen. Like, we don't, we just have to wait and see on that and see how the Nets, I think, get through the Kyrie situation. And just, Udoka has a lot of things on his own end to make it a complicated hire. So we just have to wait and see on that end. But to get back to Steve Nash being fired, like, it's just, you can see it on the players faces they it's like they're playing for a reason um from the minute that that he wasn't coaching um cam thomas his bio change from free ct to whatever it is now i know it ain't free ct anymore and he's been he's he's been balling since since nash has been out he's been getting minutes again and i want to give props to kd i didn't really mention what you know his stance was throughout the whole Kyrie situation that we just spoke about but uh it's mainly, it's basically been supportive of his brother while still understanding that, you know, we can't hurt an entire community. But his main focus, like he said himself, is basketball. He just wants to hoop. Um, this whole situation took away from the group's ability to hoop. And he just wanted to focus on getting back to that. And him having that desire has shown this season. He's averaging 32, 6, and 5, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 32 points. Um, third in the league for points. So 
he's still a killer at 34 years of age. So I just want to, you know, show Katie his his flowers for, you know, just showing up on a on a on a night to night basis on, on both ends of the floor also. Um Jack Vaughn's been coaching, I want to say the last three games for a two and one record. He had a positive record in the bubble. He's a longtime assistant. He's uh been an assistant with the Nets from Kenny Atkinson, obviously under Steve Nash. And we're hoping if we do move on to a different head coach like Emi Udoka that we retain Jack Vaughn because he's familiar with our staff. He's familiar with the players. And, you know, we also appreciate him for, for stepping up into the spot on numerous occasions. Um, not just now, but like I said, in the bubble. And also there's been times where Nash had COVID just, just, just on numerous occasions, he stepped up the nets, the nets. We currently, like I said, we've strung together two wins. Um, we had a comeback win yesterday as we're recording, um, we played the last game we replayed was against Charlotte. It wasn't the prettiest game, but we had a little comeback win. And the next game would be against the Mavericks. So we have a Mavericks game. We have a, a enter New York game against the Knicks that should be at home at the Barclays Center on the 9th of November. And then the 12th, we play Sean's Clippers. So and that's in um California. So we have a couple good games coming up to challenge uh this group to challenge this Kyrie-less group, obviously, because he's out for a minimum of five games, and it's been two so far. So um, we're just expecting more Cam Thomas stepping up, more Royce, Royce O'Neal stepping up. Joe Harris has been um healthier lately, and then Seth Curry is 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 um beginning to get healthy. I don't he's not fully there yet, but he's gonna be slowly integrated into what we're trying to do. Um, as far as Nets news, like Abe said, this was gonna be more of a rant episode. I did have a lot more to say about them but because of the the change of coaching and the fact that Kyrie is suspended there isn't too much I can say um like I said they're on a two-game winning streak so there isn't too much I can say right now on their performance I can't really analyze them as a team because they're far from complete uh you haven't heard Ben Simmons's name this whole episode but he's been out for just estimating four games and I think he's going to be out for another few more games so and he before he was out he was a gonna be a major talking point of the Brooklyn Nets rant that I was gonna you know go on because he he hasn't been good by any stretch of the imagination except for defensively at times so um you'll definitely hear more about the Nets and more specifically Ben Simmons in the future and we'll keep you updated with the Kyrie situation by the time the next episode comes out we'd like to hope that we there's more of a resolution on on the Kyrie end, and that we know his playing status, like where he stands. Um, or sorry, where the Nets stand as far as him being a starter again on our roster, because we obviously we need him. So, I feel it. I feel it, Sean. You have any thoughts you want to share on the the recent departure of Steve Nash and the possible hiring of Ime Udoka? I mean, with Steve Nash, I mean, I told you, Jabari. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I, I said the man was terrible. I wanted him gone. Right when he got hired. So, um, but no, in all seriousness, um, I mean, I'm, uh, he should have been gone. Um, it's one of those things. I just hope, you know, no matter who they hire, I hope that they can help right the ship. And because I'll be honest, right now, I and again, it's very early, and so I'm very big on habits and 
um, yeah, certain things like culture and things like that. So I don't know if the new coach can change all that just coming in now. It's possible. Um, but a lot of it would have to depend on Ben Simmons, who Jabari just mentioned. Because on defense, he's not looked great. Offensively, obviously, he hasn't been great. Uh, he's just been another guy. That's the problem. Like, it's to the point where Bruce Brown, uh, was he's with the Nuggets now. He's been, like, amazing for them. Like, they might as well just kept Bruce Brown. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, I, right now it's still very early. They have a lot of talent. But just with so much going on, I'll be honest, I, I don't even know if they make it to the second round at this point. Yeah, so hopefully Jabari don't cuss me out. But that's how I feel right now um, just because of just so much going on. Um, yeah, and I, and I feel like they need – and that's the thing that sucks. That's why I wish they did it this offseason, just because KD's not a spring chicken, right? He's getting older. Um, and so, you know, you need to maximize this while you can. And even with Kyrie, right? Like I said, I think Kyrie will eventually retire. I don't think this year. Um, but who knows what's going to happen next year? That's who the knows thing, though. He's, he's in a contract year this year. So, yeah, yeah. Like, with all this going on, it's like, you would expect him to come back. And to his point, I mean, to his credit, he's been balling out. Yeah. But you would expect him to come back and focus on basketball just off of the fact that it's playing now and get a new contract or retire pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So I do think you guys for sure have him, obviously, for one more year. And then it's up in the air. But that's why, again, for me, just with all those factors, with Katie's age, with uh, Kyrie's contract, I would have been made the move because if you can get them to buy in, right, all, everyone, everyone be on the same page, um, have a coach, a culture that can kind of, you know, kind of shield the the players in a sense with certain things. Um, that could be a big deal. I mean, we see it with, um, what's it called, with the Lakers, uh, what's his name, Ham, um, for Lakers helping West. I mean, even though Frank Vogel wanted Westbrook to come off the bench too, but that's a whole other thing. But just different things like that, right? If you have the right coach, the right culture, can get built and can really help the team flourish. So, um, so I mean, it's a lot of unknown. I think Kyrie's going to come back ball out. Um, I think KD's going to be KD. But it's just those other elements, especially Ben Simmons. If Ben Simmons can't look like um, how he did in Philly, like at his best, then the Nets have no chance, in my opinion. Like they just don't matter if, you know, Patty Mills is doing his thing or, or Curry's doing it, like it doesn't matter to me because Ben Simmons was there or is there to do certain things that no one else can do. Um, and he's supposed to be at least he's supposed to be honestly their number three guy. And, you know, scoring again, you don't have to be a scorer to be a number three guy. If Ben Simmons wanted to dominate the paint and have fifteen rebounds a game, like that's gonna be a big deal. You know, fifteen rebounds, two steals. And one block, like that would be huge. Something, something you told me was uh, Nash protected Ben Simmons a lot. Yes, yes. And I have the expectations of our next coach, whether that's Emi Udoka or they promote Jack Vaughn to, you know, to head coach. I my expectations of the next coach is that they don't shelter Ben Simmons. Like I'm not saying to curse him out and hurt his feelings, but like you got to throw him out there. He's getting yeah. paid the money to be more than just a guy that's doing cardio. And so far this season, it's just been a lot of cardio. Yeah, yeah. Especially he's had all that time off. So, I mean, 
you know, now again, if he's injured, can't I mean he's injured now, but if he was injured before, that's fine. Or many restrictions because of an injury, that's fine. But he was at first, you know, playing pretty much the whole game and not giving much. So that's where the issue is. So, you know, hopefully you get right Ben Simmons. If so, hey, that all of a sudden just raises the net ceiling. So I mean that's pretty much what, what I think on that, you know. Um again, like I always say, like Jabari deserves better. There's no reason why he has to deal with all this. <laughs> like every it seems like every week Jabari has to add something that the Nets did. Like like why? Why y'all doing this to him? So, you know, hopefully, uh hopefully next time the next episode we're talking about they're on a, a nice winning streak or something. Um, and maybe Kyrie's back. Who knows? When news of the Nash uh release happened, I was I was happy for Bari. And then it was revealed immediately that Ime Udoka was likely going to go. And, of course, people were like, damn, Celtics, like, what's going on? Look, y'all, at this point, I, I felt this way before the Kyrie situation, but I even more feel this way now. The Nets did us a favor because, look, I don't think it was going to be even possible um, just from a professional standpoint for Emeo Doka to return to the team and still be an employee given the, what has happened. Um, I'm sure it was definitely a surprise to the players because I know Marcus Smart spoke out saying that, oh, you know, he was kind of surprised that um, that Ime was going to Brooklyn since, you know, they just assumed it was just a suspension and his service time he'd come back. I feel like, you know, that probably was a safe relationship, the coach and the players, but the coach and the front office, I don't see how that possibly could have worked out amicably at all. I'm pretty sure the husbands of the wives he slept with probably uh, were the ones to call the Nets and say, you guys can have email if you fire Steve Nash. I am convinced that's probably what it was, and I'm convinced that they uh, already had his tickets bought or his train tickets bought i don't think they was they flew him out they had his train tickets bought from boston to brooklyn and i am just like look the, the it's NBA, a distraction we don't need the ma situation i think the celtics were pretty much seeing if the interim could you know keep going what ma started and if that mm -hmm. was possible i don't think they had uh, much interest in in keeping him if yeah if it was possible that they looked functional under the um the Tony Missoula yeah Missoula, and yeah. and I think Celtics they, they have looked functional under Missoula so um I think the decisions made whether the Nets end up with MA or not I don't see him returning um as a as a Celtics head coach yeah definitely not definitely and, not that that ship is sailed and with the Nets situation now um obviously MA came from Brooklyn um well his last job before Boston was as an assistant coach you know for Brooklyn so he's familiar with the staff and and all of that but just just because you got on the MA situation really quick I'd like to mention um an apology that ESPN is it ESPN or TNT I think it's ESPN ESPN made uh Jalen Rose <laughs> give out um because of of comments that he made during the M.A. Adoka situation. I'm not going to go into the exact comments he made or the apology. I just, my comments, sorry, my opinion on, on the apology is just 
I just found it, I found it stupid, the fact that they made him apologize for it. And I think that he brought up a, a valid point um, in, in what he was saying at the time about repercussions going around and not just being focused on, on one person or the person that was most in a position of power. But that's a conversation for another day. Totally understand that. Which allows me to, you know, let me let me spend a few seconds just heaping praise upon Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who are absolutely killing it. The Celtics offensively have been phenomenal. Defensively, we're not as strong as we were last year, but, you know, there's still opportunity for us to get it together. The offense has definitely been off to a way better start than last year. Uh, speaking of which, we set a franchise record for most three-pointers made in the game at 27 versus the Knicks just this past weekend. So shout out to the Boston Celtics. Um, continue to fight. Uh, let's get rid of all the distractions and let's focus and get better, right? Why? Wait, 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 wait. wait. Why, why are we talking about the Celtics? Oh, because we were... We had no, 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 Celtics, no, no, so, there's no. There's no reason. It, Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why there's no reason to bring... I feel like... Let me tell you why. Or, being aggressive right now, you're kind of gaslighting. Let me tell you why. And Bucks, you're kind of derailing the, the Bucks, episode, sir. No, no. The Bucks are undefeated. Correct? Okay. So so we should be focused on them. Or we should be focused on the Cavs, who I picked, who's actually making me look better. I said the fourth seed, but right now they're eight and one. Okay. Number two team. Number two seed. So I'm just saying, like, we always mention your Celtics. They think it's cool, I guess, but let's you know. All right. Well, Celtics aside. Um, a we, I mean, wow, if you wanna, if you I wanna, it made complete sense, and I just want to spend a few listen, seconds. I was ready to move uh, on, but I was, I was, I was, I was just about to say, like, if you want to spend a few seconds on the Celtics, they're six oh, and I three, six and three. Um, they're leading in the Atlantic division after nine games. The crazy thing is, two of those losses came against the Cavs because the Cavs are eight and one better than the Celtics and the second best record in the Eastern Conference, but. Moving on, we, we're talking about a few of the struggling teams that, especially some of the ones that we didn't expect to be struggling. The Celtics so, are currently the third so, seed, which so, we, none of us had them so at, at the We have the, the Brooklyn Nets that were that are four and six that we just covered, who definitely people would say is a struggle or has been a struggling team. Um, four and six after winning two, so obviously that was that was what two and six not too long ago. But there are a few other four and six teams like the Miami Heat. Um, yeah, most people, most people, and Miami is a team that to be fair to them, you, you don't judge them early on because they, they really pace, like they pace themselves early on in the seasons and they do a lot of, a lot of load management, but they're, they have the same record as the Nets. They're four and six. Um, and the 76ers are also four and six in the same division as the Nets and the Celtics and, um, Harden, Harden won't be. I don't think anyone should be expecting to see Harden for at least a month. Um, he's out with a right foot tendon sprain. He's currently in a walking boot as of today. Um, today's the first day we've seen him in a walking boot. So we we shouldn't expect to see him at a minimum for three to four weeks. They're saying it isn't serious or anything like that. It's just precautions that they're taking, but a minimum of three to four weeks. And this is a a Philly team that I I just mentioned are four and six. They they lost two in a row. Um, their previous two was the Knicks, who they just lost to by two points, and the Wizards. Should, and should they, we be concerned? 
I think we should early, be, but I, I, I feel I, like we should. But I'm asking. I think I think in Philly situation we should be concerned because um Jay Harden Jay Harden's their primary playmaker. Um and beat us out with uh, a short term injury. So to have your two main guys in and out of the lineup with injuries is, is always concerning. And their, their record coming up is pretty competitive. I don't have the full thing in front of me. Their next game, um, their next game is against the Phoenix Suns. So by the time this episode's out, we'll know the result of that. Then they have a back to back after Phoenix with Atlanta um, at Atlanta, November 10th. And then against Atlanta and Philly November 12th. So Ooh. they have some strong games coming up, um, which will definitely test Doc Rivers' coaching ability with these uh, young guys because a lot of the guys that they have stepping up for these injured guys are young. You got Trez. He started uh, <laughs> at center last game. Melton's been starting for Harden, DeAnthony Melton. You got Ty Bull working his way back into the lineup. I'll shake Melton earning, earning minutes again. It's a lot of outside of uh, Harden. It's a lot of young guys on that team, so uh, they have to pretty much fight through adversity to 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 prove me wrong. I don't see them doing well without Harden or Embiid. Uh, we do expect Embiid coming Where's back. Where's Embiid's status at? So Embiid's expected to to be back soon. He's um he's questionable for Monday, so that's that's a good okay. sign. Even if he doesn't play Monday, he'll likely p- play um the game after. He's missed three straight games due to a non-COVID illness. So that's, I guess that's a a good thing to look at. It's not an actual injury, just an illness. So we should be seeing him back. Um, like I said, if not for the Phoenix game, we should be seeing him back for the Atlanta doubleheader. Because that, that Atlanta game is big for them too, because for both teams, because Atlanta, even though, you know, Abe didn't want to mention this, but Atlanta and Celtics have the same record. So, as they're obviously... It's crazy you say that as if I haven't been high on the Hawks before before the season started with um, the Murray signing. That's crazy. I I I, I think Jabari picked Atlanta technically. He took I it. also like, keep an eye on Dante Murray because he is helping my fantasy. Nah, you said right keep now. an eye on the two is, and eight Orlando is. Magic. That's what you said. Yeah. And I've yeah. spoken on Murray too because he is helping my fantasy team. I said it. We we, we could go back to episode one. I we mean, could rewind the I mean, tape. I'm the one. That being I said, we may be tied, but the Celtics are still third. We yeah. are above them. They, in the and that and that is why I said that even though it's early, these games are pretty big for Atlanta as well. That's why. This but is they, they, they know they know aren't the Hawks and the Cavaliers in the same division? Yes. Yes. That's that's why the Celtics are third. Because this because the Cavaliers lead their division. So I mean technically. That being said, well, there is um actually one a couple other teams. So you mentioned those uh, Western those Eastern Conference teams that are currently, you know, uh struggling. And then we have the East the Western Conference teams, which include the Warriors and the Nets. I know recently the the Warriors have just been the Warriors and who the, the Warriors. I mean, not the Warriors and the Nets. I'm sorry, <laughs> the Nets have been struggling. Yes, but we've already discussed them. the Warriors and the Lakers. In regards to the Warriors, they have completed a horrific, horrific string of road trips. I believe they went 0 and five or 0 and six um, recently. And however, Steve Kerr and Clay Thompson don't feel like there's any reason to panic. And honestly. With so many games, with 82 games in the season, only playing about nine, ten games, there it is a bit too early to panic, right? We've seen we've seen turnarounds before, um, but when 
there's there is no reason to panic in the Warriors yeah. situation. Um, yeah, because they, they can just they, they, they just came play. off of coming off of literally like four losses. They went and rested all of their starters and then received the fifth loss. Um, they've been losing to teams with the exception of Miami, who they beat um for their last win. They've been losing to teams that aren't good, like Orlando and Detroit and Charlotte. Um, they took one L the uh, last game that they rested their starters to the Pelicans. They took that out also by um about nine points. Um, but yeah, getting back to it, there's no reason, in my opinion, to worry. I'm not saying that they can just lose all these games and just go on and win another championship, but their system is set in place. They aren't looking for um, anyone to come in and like they they don't really have any needs. They just need their players to show up, be happy, um, and be healthy. Um, their biggest concern has always been the the center position, but they they fill in guys to do what they need there, and they they've been just enough. So like I like if when, if we're recording an episode in January and they're still struggling, then I'd be surprised. But right now with the Warriors being their record is what. Three and seven, yeah, I'm definitely mm-hmm. not concerned about not concerned about that. Especially not as much as I would be about the Lakers who are two and seven and just su- suffered another loss, um, maybe like two hours before we started recording this episode. Yes. Two Cleveland. They to just Cleveland. they just played the Cavaliers. Um Westbrook's been in his bench role. He's been better. Um he definitely had a lot of turnovers today, but he's been better than than the start of the year. But that hasn't been enough. They lost 114 to 100 to Cleveland, and there's definitely reasons to be concerned if you're a Laker fan, if you're Darren Ham, um, if you're anyone but LeBron, who's clearly just chasing Kareem, you know. But for everyone else who's trying to get something done in Lakerland, like it's definitely reason to be concerned to go off to a two and seven start to a difficult Western conference. Um, the struggle in Warriors are better. The only team that's not better than the Lakers in that conference is a, is a tank and Rockets team who are one and nine. Um, it's just not a lot I can say. Um, Cause I didn't expect the Lakers to be good, but I also didn't expect them to be this bad, you know, like to be this bad. It's just, it's weird to me. Um, I, I yeah, did. <laughs> you got you got the Trailblazers who are who have been missing their star player for the last three games, who are six and three and and are continuing to win games. Um you got the Grizzlies who traded their core in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, who who are also six and three with pretty much the same players and Laurie Markinen and Colin Sexton. Um sorry, not the Grizzlies, the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz is seven and three. The Grizzlies are six and three. My bad. Um, and then the Suns haven't even looked like how they usually look, but they're still at the top of the Western Conference at seven and two. So it's a it's a weird start to the season. Um, definitely a weird start to the season. It's a lot of teams that we can't judge right now. We have to come back in a few months and, and look. You know, like the the Pelicans have players in and out. Herb Jones just came back. Zion just came back. Brandon Ingram just came back. They're five and four in the middle of the the pecking order at the seventh seed. Then right behind that, you got the eighth seed, the Sean's Clippers who are five and four, but have players in and out of the lineup. Kawhi is out for 
Um, I don't know if it's undetermined or if it's five or six games, but he's out for a while. So yeah, it's, it's, it's weird right now. Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, with that being said, Sean, do you have any thoughts on the struggling teams that you want to share? Um, I mean, as far I guess they are struggling in a way. Um, I know people had a lot of high hopes on them. Because um, the Lakers, I expected to struggle, but um, I'm talking about the Timberwolves. Um, it won't surprise me, honestly, which would be crazy, but it won't surprise me if the Timberwolves – and I felt this way when they made the trade. Like, I, I didn't think that they were all of a sudden going to be a top, you know, uh, four team or something like that in the West. But it won't surprise me if they're in the play-in. Um, and now that the Blazers are actually pretty good, that's also a surprise. I didn't think they were going to be this good. Um, they're for sh- I'm pretty confident they're going to be in the play-in now for sure. Because at first I was thinking they'll be like, you know, fighting for the 8th, 7th seed. But now it won't surprise me that the Timberwolves are the ninth seed. Just because for me personally, I know it's early, but I'm just talking about personnel. It doesn't really work as far as having Gobert and having Towns. Um, Anthony Edwards has already kind of expressed some frustration, which is understandable. You got these two giant dudes, and Gobert can't shoot, so it's not like he can really go too far. Um, and he can't guard anyone outside the paint, so that's also been an issue. And they're just hey, – Sean, yeah. did you you remember that three-point shot he attempted? Yeah, that yeah, was I, Yeah, oh, I remember that embarrassing God. shot. Yes, that was absolutely horrible. I don't even know – why he would even attempt such a thing um but i guess i don't like this team at all like and it sucks for for anyone that's timberwolves fans because i really feel like you mortgage a future and you're not going to be that much better at all um yeah i i really don't like that and, and they're not that's the thing that drives me crazy again you know i'm big on habits they're just not especially with not having patrick beverly there that kind of helped them some they're not a very smart team like basketball IQ wise, like they're just they do really really silly things. Anthony Towns, to me, anyways, his basketball IQ is not the greatest. So you have him, you know, you have Edwards who's a bucket, but he's not going to obviously get everyone involved. D'Lo hasn't looked the same at all. Um, so yeah, I just I really really don't like how this team. And again, this is before I know they're five and five. It's early, so I'm going to be on the record like I don't like this team regardless. And even if they somehow made the playoffs, I'm for sure think that they're one and done. Like they're out in the first round because I do not like this team. I don't like the structure of it. None of it. Like, I think they just wanted to make a splash and it, and it sounded good in theory, but it's, it doesn't work for me. Look to Sean's, to Sean's credit. um, It's not, it's, it's just not a good fit. I think, their ceiling is just a defensive juggernaut that that still won't be able to score. Um, it's definitely regressed Anthony Edwards playing with these bigs, and 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 the reporters have started asking him about it. To like, I think Sean mentioned he just mentioned his comments. They asked him about not having any dunks this season, and this was asked four days ago. He said, "Everybody's in the paint." I'm only six four, six five. I can't jump over everyone, man. I'm ain't as tall as Giannis. Everybody be asking me to dunk the ball like it's all pieces and cream. I've got to get a good lane to dunk the ball, and and it sounds funny, but it like it, it it's reality. Um, yeah, a player like Ant Edwards, Dwayne Wade, um, 
you know, just to name a few that that aren't just like six, 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 seven. That's just dunking at will. You need a good lane. You need momentum, and he isn't getting that with this lineup. And like I said, that comment was four days ago. Right after that, Rudy Gobert went out with a uh, um. I, I don't know if it was non-COVID or COVID sickness, but either way, right after that, Rudy Gobert went out with his sickness, and what happens? Anthony Edwards gets his first dunk of the year. So, um, it's just it's not a great fit. It doesn't serve um a purpose of helping your 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 most prized piece is Anthony Edwards, and you're you're not helping him. Um, you're not helping him help you. You, you got to pick a center. In my opinion, I think they they pick a center. I don't care if it's Rudy, if it's Cat. They've done the Cat thing. So if they choose Rudy and they prioritize defense, whatever. My thing is like the the little Twin Towers th- thing that they're trying to do isn't working because none of those two bigs are as skilled as Tim Duncan and David Robertson were. So I think if you're smart, you 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 break it up before it gets too late into it, and you get back good enough assets because we already know what they paid for Rudy Gobert. So you answered my question then because I was just about to ask you, Jabari, do you think if they keep struggling, which I personally think they will, but do you think they should move off of Anthony Towns, Um, especially because, right, like they gave up all that for Gobert. So should they move off of Anthony Towns? I mean, I'm sorry. uh, Yeah, Anthony Towns um, to strengthen their roster in other areas. I think so. I think you do because, um, like I said, if they've had years of cat, they drafted cat, um, number one, right? They've had yeah. years of cat. They know him, um, and they failed to build winning teams around them year after year. This is we're not saying like, oh, they failed to win a chip. Or, like that's not even the expectations. It's just like get to the playoffs consistently, be a winning team. They failed to do that year after year, and um. And as as bad as Gobert can be, he is the the scheme defensively. So you can you can definitely scheme around Rudy. But my main thing is, if you're gonna break this up, you you get as much as you can for Cap because you know you won't get equal value back for Rudy. You won't get what you paid back for Rudy. So what's the point of of breaking that up so fast? And and Anthony's not going anywhere. So you see what you can get for Cat. He's at pretty much top value. Uh, well, didn't they just? Cash him out like a year or two ago with that extension. Cash you out, cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it it, it rises his trade value also because he's he's signed, he's on contract, he's a um an all star big, um and he's a shooting big, not not just an all star big. He's a shooting big, and statistically, he's one of the the better shooting bigs of all time. Like as far as three point. Sorry, he's one of the better three-point shooting bigs of all time. Not just shooting, but three-point. So, so there's value in in Cat, and I think that's where you, that's what you do. What are you gonna do? Trade Ant and keep two bigs, or trade Rudy no, and no, no. you know what I mean? So, and, I, and the franchise to me, and like, and and he shows it. Like Cat, they, they looked out. I don't have that heart, bro. Like to they me, looked out getting him there. So you just, and I've said this ever since I've spoken about basketball. Cat is not that dude. He is no, the biggest not. beta. I think yeah. you could possibly I find in the league. I think he's extremely talented. Um, I think he's a beta. I don't think he's the biggest beta, but I definitely think he's the beta. And but he's extremely talented, and and his values at the highest it's gonna be. His values only gonna go down. Um, he's not getting any younger. He's not old, but he's not getting any younger, and he's pretty much in his prime right now. He's not gonna add any new moves 
you're not going to see anything new from Cat at this point in his career. So I think you just get the most you can for him. I think, in my opinion, um, Minnesota should be like in a in a half reset, trying to make this team better. Obviously, you know you're not going to win. So you should just be trying to win games with Anthony Edwards while trying to get picks and, and, and making this team better. But they've given away so much picks for Rudy, it seems like they committed to going to a championship that there's no way they're going to get to. Which is crazy, like, that they gave up all that. Like, that was a win-now move, and you did, like, it just made no sense to me. It was crazy. Utah definitely should be laughing, laughing to the bank with that because I, I really don't understand that. And definitely, um, for me, again, like you said, Towns is definitely talented, but he needs, like, like, honestly, I would love, I don't know, maybe he has, um, I would love if he got mentored by, like, a Kevin Garnett or something. Or if, you know, if the organization brought him back to, to have some type he of role. Too, he too soft for KG, bro. He too soft. I know, no, I know that, but that's why he need like, you know what I mean? He needs that. Like, he need, like Patrick Beverly, I felt like, was good for him. You know what I mean? Because um, Anthony Edwards tries to, you can see it at times. Like, he tries to pump up uh, Anthony Towns. Like, he tries to get that dog in him, but it's not in him. You know what I mean? So maybe if he just had, like, an older uh, OG mentor or something like that. You know, I don't know, but I definitely would trade him um, and get some assets for him. I mean, we don't have assets to do it, but, you know, I could see him being a Clipper once well, his contract's KG, up. KG calls Cat the best center in the league. Really? Just, yeah, he calls him He calls him the best center in the league. And um, as, as far back as March 2022, which is just a couple months back, calls him the best center in the league and says that he's the best um, scoring big in the league. So I think oh. he, he definitely appreciates Cat. And they spent time together. If you remember, um, KG was in Minnesota for like that last year of his career. Or year that's or right. Or that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he spent some time with Cat. Um, I just don't think that, you know, he, he knows that he ain't him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> KG, yeah. KG won't force it. KG is just like, look, I, I know what you are, and I'm just going to accept that and keep right. pushing. Right, and, and he's talented <laughs> to, to his credit, and we've, we, we've always known that. That's why he got drafted yeah. as high as he did. Um, And going back to college, like he's always had the tools to, to be a good big, and and in the league, his shot's only gotten better. It's just it's just the intangibles that he doesn't have, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, mm-hmm. the leadership qualities, uh, um, the – just knowing when to be a defensive anchor, knowing when to be a scorer, knowing when to be an enforcer, just the intangibles that that he just doesn't seem to have. Um, but again, props to Cap for fighting through all the adversity he's fought through with, you know, all the things he's lost, especially during COVID time and, you know, things like that, things of that nature. But uh, as we begin to close out this episode, we wanted to um, preview some of the games upcoming this week that, we, the cast of Full Court Press, are going to be keeping an eye on. And that, for me, I'm just going to mention this now, since I had this game already circled, despite what Sean and Jabari believe um, about my opinion regarding this team. And that is the Wednesday game between the Utah Jazz and the Atlanta Hawks. Both have three losses on the season. The Jazz are actually seven and three. The Hawks, as mentioned earlier, are six and three. And the reason I have this game circled is because one, Utah's supposed to be tanking. 
and they're actually doing a great job of competing and winning games and they're having fun with it. I think, and I think that's really the biggest difference and why they're, they seem to be doing so well is there really is no pressure for them at the moment. Um, there's no high expectations for them. They got rid of their core guys, you know, in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, they're one and two that were the face of their franchise for so long. They got rid of them and, you know, they can just play freely because that's what they're doing. The reason I also have this match circled up is because, fun fact, dating back to 2019, uh, it has been five games. The Utah Jazz are 5-0 and against the Atlanta Hawks. And with an average score of over 110 points scored, while uh, <laughs> Atlanta averages around 90 points. In that matchup, actually, Atlanta has only broken 100 points once, and that was back in 2019. And the four games since then, the highest points they've scored was actually just 98 points. They scored 98 points, and that was last November, actually. I, uh, funny enough, it'll be a year ago from <laughs> a year ago from Wednesday. <laughs> a year ago from Wednesday was the last time the Hawk and the Jazz played in the regular season. And the Jazz won 110 to 98. So I'm curious to see whether that trend continues given the expectations for both teams at this point in time. Again, the expectations for the Jazz is they're supposed to be tanking. You know, right now they're just having fun, they're competing, and they're beating people's asses. The expectation for the Hawks is that they should be improving, they should be aspiring to be consistent playoff contenders. They need to take that next step. And that's why they made the trade for DeWante Murray to help alleviate the playmaking and the responsibilities on Trey on Trey Young. And that has been paying dividends. Like as like we said, the Hawks are six and three. They're off to a phenomenal start with Trey not dipping in production. Trey is, I believe, averaging about 30 points, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to check that. But that is a matchup worth keeping an eye on. So that is my matchup of the week. The Jazz in Atlanta on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, the day after you guys hear this recording. Uh, Sean, Jabari, what are your matchups of the week that you have your eyes on? Mine's is, uh, I'm assuming the starters will will play, and especially because this team that is second right now in the East is coming into town. Um, the Cavaliers versus Golden State. Um, was it Friday? So I know it's not that serious with with the Warriors. They kind of been doing low management and stuff like that. But um, it won't surprise me if that's a game for sure. Most of the starters play, um, just because they do want to, you know, show make a statement and show, hey, we're still we're still here. We can turn on when we want to. Um, I think that'll definitely be a great game though, and it's a good test for the Cavs as well, um, because the Cavs been Man, they've been they've been balling. Um, so uh, I'm just curious to see because right now I think the Cavs has, has won eight straight. Yeah, they won eight straight. Um, so I'm just curious to see like you know how how that goes, um, for them. Uh, so yeah, that's that's probably the one that really sticks out to me. And obviously, you know, I, I picked the Cavs to do well, so um, I am a little biased in that. So. And you already picked the Atlanta one, so I figured I'd stick with my other one then with the Cavs. My pick is one that we refer to as the Crosstown rivalry, which is the Knicks and Nets rivalry. 
the Knicks come to the Barclays Center November 9th, which would be as of when this episode's released, should be tomorrow night. Um, they've had a pretty even record throughout history. It's 105-101, Brooklyn up by four. But since KD and Kyrie have been a net, so that would be since 2019, 20, yeah, since 2019, they haven't lost to the Knicks in, in three seasons. And though Kyrie's out and it's just KD, I don't expect that to change now. KD hasn't taken a loss to the Knicks since the 2013 season, actually. So, um, But it's always been close games. It's always come down to the wire. And then the it's always been the same result. The Knicks lose. So that's the that's the game I'm looking the most forward to. Definitely the Crosstown rivalry, the first of the year for us. Absolutely, absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for another another new, fun, informative episode. Hopefully, it's been informative for everybody listening of the Full Court Press podcast with your host, the Matt Prince. Brooklyn Bari and Mr. Clipper himself, Sean Lowry. Mr. Lowry. We're looking forward to our next episode. Definitely as we continue to keep an eye on the Kyrie situation, as we continue to keep an eye on the teams currently struggling in the league and their whether they improve or continue to digress. And any other uh impressive performances we come across, such as Paolo Banchero's 33 point performance. Uh, Joker's historic triple double night that was uh, a few days ago. And number or, one, he's number one among centers in triple doubles. We forgot to mention that, but yeah, definitely a great feat. Um, whether Giannis and the Bucks continue to dominate and be undefeated for a bit longer and all of that, we'll have all that and more for you on the next episode. So thank you. We appreciate you. Go Celtic.